Welcome into the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. Chinmay Vaidya, Ashay Chavan, Cricket Adas, Shubham Kokarni in the house. We're recapping the IPL and what a great IPL it was. The Mumbai Indians, as Shubham correctly projected on our mm-hmm. IPL preview podcast, have won their fourth title in IPL history. They defeated the Chennai Super Kings. So it is an odd year. And the Mumbai Indians keep the odd year trend going. It was a one-run game in a final, and that pretty much is going to go the Mumbai Indians' way in an odd year. So uh, I'll open it up to you guys for thoughts on Mumbai's win over Chennai, a historic win over a dynasty to now cement Mumbai as a dynasty of of its own. Odd year. We chatted about that for the last two months, and it could not have been more true. I actually lacked faith in them because their lineup at the beginning of the year was kind of underwhelming in my opinion. It was not as explosive as a batting lineup, but I severely underestimated their bowling. You can say that they have a clutch sheen. The two ta- two championships in a row they've won. They won by one run. They defended subpar totals as you stated in your article. They've become experts at that. Um and I think that's that's probably key. Like the, as they say, bowling still wins championships. Defense wins championships. I think that's true here too. Yeah, completely agree. There, their bowling was absolutely brilliant. Uh, just Pete Bumrah, Lasit Malinga showing their class in the final, and then uh, talking about their batting, Quinton Decock. Quinton Decock was brilliant throughout the IPL. He scored over 500 runs. That was an inspired uh, uh, bring-in from the Mumbai Indians because they were uh, playing Evan Lewis in the last year. He didn't fire. They brought in Quinton Decock, who was really good. Then the likes of Rohit Sharma, Surya Kumar Yadav, Ishan Kishan. And obviously Hardik Pandya, he had a great IPL as Don't well. Don't forget so, Pollard. Pollard also had a really yeah, good yeah Pollard as well. So overall, it was a great team performance for them. Yeah, I agree with I agree with all of what you guys are saying. Uh, I actually talked about it multiple times. Mumbai has some like magic bottle where they defend bogus totals. Yeah, I, I don't get it. They defended what 136 this year against Sunriser. They won that Sunriser. game by 50 runs. Yeah, they defended 150. Against Chennai, I think possibly. In the final, yeah. In the final, yeah. uh, they defended 149 again. So, and then yeah. 130 in 2017. So that was in final, yeah. Again, yeah, something special. So I guess they just have some magic spell when it comes to subpar totals. But runs on the board in a final, I guess that's no one but knows that better than the Mumbai Indians. I want to tip my yeah. cap to Rohit Sharma and the management of the team because at the beginning of the season, it looked like some of their roster decisions. We're going to come back to bite them. Uvrad, Evan Lewis, to, right? Maya and Markande to, to swap out guys like Markande for Rahul Chahar after the year that Markande just had last year. To swap yeah. him out for Rahul Chahar, to make the move to switch Uvrad Singh out for Ishan Kishan, and to rotate that spot around multiple times to keep Kyron Pollard in the lineup. Despite his struggles in the first four games, we lambasted that, that decision so many times on here. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Kyron Pollard was really bad in the first four games, and because he doesn't really bowl anymore, his utility is questioned if he doesn't score. But he had three fantastic innings, and then he he fired in the final as well. So, I mean, again, a really great decision. Hardik Pandya was fantastic the entire tournament, and. They didn't really elevate him in the order. They didn't really play around with that too much. They kept him where he was successful. So I think it was really just a level-headed effort from Rohit Sharma and Mumbai Indians management to not really overreact to anything, not really get too high or too low on anything, 
and really just keep the team as consistent as possible. And I think that in the end was a huge benefit to them. I mean, even a guy like Mitchell McClanagan didn't really play through the middle of the IPL. I mean, he was missing yeah. in action for like six games to come into the final and bowl four overs going at only six runs and over. That's pretty impressive. And then Malinga on the final delivery, just an absolute brilliant slower ball. So I think uh, a tip of the cap to Rohit Sharma, he's not going to be captain of India and he never was going to be with Tony and then Kohli in the fold, mm-hmm. but See, he's a pretty damn good vice captain. And he definitely showed that leadership, leadership experience in IPL 2019. Oh, I've actually, I've actually got a point of contention with that. I think he should be the captain over Kohli in certain formats in a shorter version of the game. He's shown since 2010 that he can be a successful captain. He's been under the radar. He's, he's done some really tactical strategic changes within the game and within the seasons. And it, and it says a lot that you're rotating your players, you're backing your bowlers to defend bogus totals, like you said, especially in finals. Even like even the final over, giving it to Malinga, who had given up 42 runs in the previous 18 balls he'd bowled, that takes a lot of you know like guts. You're backing your veteran veterans right there. Yeah, exactly. Because and, uh, I think yeah. the other option was Hardik Pandya, right? Yeah, exactly. And Pandya had only yeah. given three runs, but yeah. again, they trusted the data that was given to them over the whole season. That was that Pandya was one of the worst bowlers at the death. Death, yeah. Not just this yeah. season, but in IPL history, and they yeah. backed that data and basically said, you know, you've gone for runs last Malinga, but we trust you. We trust your experience to get us through, and, and it did. Letting letting people like Quentin DeCock just bat freely at the top led him to have an amazing season for them. He was like, what, fourth on the run list? He basically was hats off to him because a lot of people wouldn't allow that. Like, Coley even is, like, more overwhelming as a captain. He's he's switching his players, like, haphazardly, you know, just not letting his batsman beat, play freely, etc. So I think I think overall, like, you got as a batter, as a batter, Rohit Sharma had an underwhelming IPL. I think he only had like two fifties, but as a captain, probably one of the best we've seen. Yeah, he was really good as the captain because uh, even the changes which he made to the playing eleven, bringing in somebody like a Jayant Yadav in the qualifier one to counter Suresh Raina was going in good form, and he even got the wicket of Suresh Raina in the first qualifier. Played Anukul Roy in the game against Chennai at Chennai, so these were some good changes, bringing in some spinners. And once again, even if Jayant Yadav did well. He bought in McLengan for the final because he knew the spinner would uh, not do well uh, at Hyderabad. So that was really good from Rohit Sharma. So Chinmay, on our group, you were texting us saying, oh, why did they play two spinners? Why did they only play three internationals instead of four? Well, because the pitcher was a turner and the data yeah. suggested that moving the ball away from Reina is his weakness. And so that's why yeah. right, Shubham, you brought in Jan Yadav and he got him out. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't necessarily contentious against the change, right? So I'm, I'm not really against playing the lineup that you feel is going to give you the best chance to win. What I do have an issue with, and I guess we'll get to this later on in the, in the podcast, but what I do have an issue with is when you're trying to get cute with the rules and unnecessarily manipulate your roster to do so. I'm not going to talk about it right now because we'll, we'll okay. get into it in a little bit. But the whole three internationals thing, in my opinion, is garbage. It, it really is. But we'll get into that at a, at a different time. On the flip side of the final, Chennai Super Kings, they've been in this thing for basically every single season. Nine years, man. Right. Yeah. So, record. so they're basically expected to get there. But like I've said all year long, and like the data suggested all year long, 
they were a little more lucky than good this year. I think in the final that showed when Watson got out, I thought he was going to play another brilliant final. I, I really did. But he got out. They lost their way at the end. And I think kind of that inexperience of kind of nailing down a chase and a little bit of the luck factor that had been going for them for most of the season went against them at the end of the final. So overall, they got more lucky than they didn't. But I think the the luck factor went against them at the absolute wrong time. But again, they they took their uh, opportunities when they got them and they made the most of them. So credit to Chennai. I, I don't think those guys are going anywhere. I think they're going to reshuffle their roster a little bit, but they'll be back and, and you know, the dynasty is still there. Yeah, definitely. They were lucky, as you said, because it was only MS Dhoni was scoring runs initially. Suresh Raina was below par. Shane Watson uh, started scoring runs towards the end. Uh, even Faf uh, was, had a middling season, not the best of uh, seasons. And the others, Raidu and Kedar Jado, just didn't show up. They were really poor uh, in their batting. Their bowling helped them get there. Imran Tahir, Deepak Chhar, they were brilliant. And uh, the, that's the problem they had. Their batting didn't uh, stand up uh, even in the final when they wanted to chase 150. It was only Watson who scored some runs. Dhoni really kept them together. A lot of people were writing him off due to his recent form before the IPL, before this year started, especially 2018. Really was one of the probably the worst years in his recent career. Obviously, the mind is there, but the thing that kept him there was his anchoring ability in his batting. And the thing that blew my mind the most, obviously, this shouldn't be the case because it happened all the time, but his keeping is still, like, phenomenal. You saw some of those flash microsecond stumpings. And what I actually noticed was that when Donny appeals, batsmen start walking off. <laughs> they know they're probably out. And I, was, I noticed that a lot of times. He is the glue that holds that team together. They had a lot of underwhelming performances from their batsmen, like Shubham said. Their bowlers kept together. Deepak Chahar was an emerging bowler this year. Obviously, Imran Tahir, I kind of, we kind of wrote him off in one of the podcasts we did a few months ago. Yeah. Saying mm-hmm. that he's old, you know, he hasn't got, but he had, he had the most wickets in IPL history in one yeah, season. Purple cap. So I think that we ourselves kind of underrated Chennai coming into the season. I don't know if any of us predicted them going to the finals. Uh, Anish had them in the uh, playoffs, and Anish actually also had Mumbai Indians winning it all. So That's congratulations right. to, to him as well. But I also must add that I didn't pick Mumbai Indians because I was worried about that curse. Uh, I didn't pick Mumbai Indians because I thought Sunrisers were the better team, but obviously they had some issues with their international players. Yeah. Let's go back to Mumbai real quick. That's now four titles in seven years, but every other year it seems like they drop off a little bit. So what do you think Mumbai will do to avoid kind of a letdown from this season to next season? Do you think they'll make a lot of changes to their roster? Do you think they'll make a move or do you think they'll stay pat, run it back and see if uh, they can break the curse themselves backing the same guys? They'll stay pat, run it back. And I think that in my opinion, they might as well do that because they have a solid young core. You know, Markande had a poor bounce back season from last year, but I think maybe He'll do well again next year. Pollard is a year older, so you never know what you're going to get from him. Obviously, I don't think Yuvraj is worth the money, so hopefully they don't bring him on. Um, no knock on him. Obviously, he's a legend, but they don't really need him taking up a roster spot. Yeah, there will be a few changes, but the core will remain the same because this will be the third year of the deal. Uh, these are three-year deals, and I see the uh, core remaining the same. Uh, Rohit Sharma, Hardik Pandya, Krunal Pandya, uh, Bumrah, obviously. Quinton Decock will be there. Rahul Chair had a good season, so he will be there. Uh, Mayank Markande, as uh, Asha mentioned, he might make a comeback once again. And then McLangan, these, these players will remain the same. There will be a few changes, but not many. Uh, I think they year. need, 
I think they need to get some younger pace bowlers because McLennan and Malinga yeah. are up there in age. So yeah, we may see some changes on the periphery, but most of the core is staying intact. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go through the all IPL teams, the best eleven, the underwhelming eleven, and then we'll hand out the second annual Paul Valtati Award. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. Welcome back into the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. You can check us out on Facebook at the Follow On. Follow us on Twitter at the Follow On. Of course, all of our content at followoncricket.com. We're recapping the IPL here. We'll start with our all IPL teams. So we'll do the best 11 first, then we'll do our underwhelming 11, and then we'll hand out the second annual Paul Valtati Award. I'll kind of explain what that award is before we give our winners. So I'll go first with, with my all IPL 11. Pretty straightforward, I think, uh, for me, for the most part. Not a whole lot of debates for me. David Warner and KL Rahul were the two obvious choices for me in terms of run scoring. Uh, Warner, the orange cap in only 12 matches, that's Incredibly impressive. KL Rahul built on a really dominant season last year with with another really good campaign. MS Dhoni gets a nod for me. He was the leading run scorer on CSK and really had some great late inning pushes to get Chennai Super Kings to competitive totals. I also have Hardik Bandia and Andre Russell in there. And Rishabh Bunt is my guy for Delhi Capitals. I know he was hot and cold, but he was instrumental in them winning the Eliminators. So I'm going to give Rishabh Bunt the nod. Uh, as far as my bowlers go, Imran Tahir, Kagiso Rabada, even though Rabada got hurt, he was the best bowler in the tournament, probably would have had the purple cap if he didn't get hurt. Imran Tahir, of course, leading wicket taker, he gets that. Uh, Shreyas Gopal with 20 wickets, uh, he he gets a nod for me. Jasprit Bumrah's in there as well. And then Rashid Khan, even though you would say that he didn't make as much of an impact as you would expect him to make, he had the best economy rate for basically any – if you qualify the stats, I think some some guy bowled like three overs and had a better economy rate. But Rashid Khan pretty much willed Sunrisers into the playoffs. And teams had to game plan for him, and they basically had to wait him out in his four overs. I think that's a sign of a really great player, is when teams basically have to wait you out, game plan for you, and devise their entire strategy going into a match around your bowling. So that's why Rashid Khan, even though the numbers might not say it, uh, he gets my nod on the IPL 11. Yeah, uh, my team is pretty much similar. I have David Warner and Shikhar Dhawan up at the top. They form a good, formidable pair. They were with the Sunrisers together. Then Lokesh Rahul, uh, Rishabh Pant, uh, MS Dhoni. Obviously, the, the three were absolutely brilliant. Then you have Andrew Russell and Hardik Pandey as the two uh, all-rounders. Russell had a phenomenal IPL season. Hardik as well. And then, as you mentioned, the bowlers, Shreyas Gopal, Rabada, Bumrah and Tahir. Uh, Bumrah was sensational in the death. Uh, he had an economy rate of 6.63 for a fast bowler. That's brilliant. And uh, Tahir and Rabada, the two South Africans, were great as well. So pretty much similar just to have Shikhar Dhawan in place of Rashid Khan. Uh, or, or else it's uh, same. I think all our teams are very similar. So let me preface mine by saying I, I put Andre Russell and Hardik Pandya and they had the two MVP, number one and two. I still think, as I predicted, he's the best player in the IPL. And That's as false. arbitrary as you think, the give, give, give the rest of the give the rest of your team, and then we'll dive into this debate. All right, sounds good. I'm ready to debate this. I got Quinton Decock. He is number three oh, in the scoring. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Quinton Decock, Lokesh Rahul. I also had Shikhar Dovin over Rishabh Bunt. 
So Shaker Darwin was number four, I think number four or three on the list. Then Doni, Andre Russell, Hardik Pandya, David Warner. Then as for the bowlers go, Jasprit Bumra, Imran Tahir, the leading wicket taker, Kagiso Rabada, the best economy rate, and then Shreyas Gopal, like you mentioned, Chinmay. So pretty much, yeah, similar teams. But yeah. Andre Russell, look, there's a difference between winning league MVP and being the best player in the league. I think those are two very different things. Andre Russell won the league MVP because he scored a lot of runs and he took a lot of wickets, right? He made he made an impact statistically on both sides of the ball. And yes, that is but, rare. But, but was he the best player in the league? No, I don't think he was. He was the best and the most valuable player in the league. See, league MVP, given the, the point system that they give is given on statistical accomplishments. So right? listen, listen, listen. He had 1,100-something 1, 1, 1, points. Hardik Pandya was 400 points below him. But the so, point tally is given based on statistical accomplishments, right? So right. Let's, say a guy, let's say a guy is taking wickets, right? But they're wickets at the death, and they don't really make that much of a difference. Like, let's say you already a dot the ball at the death. No, but let's say you've already won the game, and he picks up three cheap wickets. Like, the, those wickets don't really mean anything. Sure, they add to your point tally, but they don't actually really mean that much. Same with the run scoring, right? Like he, oh. he had look, Andre Russell had some fantastic innings, but he played he also played a lot of innings in losing chases for KKR. That's because the team around him collapsed. But those they, runs they made him walk. Count, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Those runs still count toward his point tally. Yeah, but they also won a lot of matches because of those death or runs where he got 80 from 20 and uh 48 from 12 like that's still like that's still helping them along win the match it's not like you can't really count even in a t20 match if you're batting for 18 balls and you score you score 55 runs you can't say that's not impactful to your team and no, it, it, is. it, it may or may not be necessary impact. for him to do that i'm not because, arguing his impact right so, he's he's in my ipl 11 so i, I bet know, 11 irrespective of the fact but he's that, not the best player in the league so who would you Those are two very players. different things who, would you Who say was the best player in the league? In my opinion, David Warner was the best player in the league. Uh, I don't think his statistics were that much better than Russell's, batting-wise at least. He scored the most runs in less matches. If David Warner yeah. stays the entire tournament, it's not even a discussion. I think it still is. He doesn't bowl. Russell's still taking two wickets. He's still taking boundary catches. He's having an impact the point, on the game on right? all aspects the of the match. The point of your tally is that he's getting points for wickets that at the end of the day – don't really make a difference here or there. Rashid Khan didn't set. take a lot of wickets. Doesn't. If right? you're Rashid a team, didn't take a lot of wickets. If you're Rashid drafting Bumrah a team, didn't take a lot of wickets either. Yeah, but obviously but nobody's doubting. A, you, can make, you, you can't say that Andre Russell was a better bowler than, than them. You wouldn't no, say you that, right? You, you, you won't say that. Obviously, exactly. So, more impactful. So it's not yeah. just – so he's a league MVP by the metrics that the IPL votes the league MVP for. That's also true in any other sport. In American football, the league MVP is voted for by the metric that they make. Like QBs always win MVP most of the time. Right. Or the golden boot in soccer. The metric that the IPL uses is based heavily on statistical accomplishments and doesn't take into account the situation of the game. I, look, I, I think if you want to sit there, look, if you want to sit there and say that the best player in the league couldn't will his team to the playoffs, that's okay. But David Warner in 12 matches put Sunrise in a position to make the playoffs. The team around them then, you're saying 
Well, you're my what did Andre Russell do in the final match? You think in a winner take all match? What did he do? He got up. Oh, that's right. He got a golden duck. That's because that's because Mumbai that's because Mumbai uses the statistics and Malinga bowled to him. A, He's the best player in the league. He shouldn't get a golden duck in the most important match of the season. But he performed in the 13 matches before that. Look, you can sit there and and talk yourself into him being the best player in the league. I don't think that's true. Okay, yeah. So it's a different. He's opinion, the league MVP, also- right? Yes. We're not we're not arguing he's not the, he is the league MVP. He won the award based on the metrics that they use. That's correct. So you are the, the metrics metric is slightly flawed. The metrics are flawed. I don't disagree with that. I don't And I don't think he is the best player in the league. For example, I think the metrics are flawed. Well, there's a glaring example. A 6 is worth the same amount of points as a wicket. Yeah. I mean the that's dude in a batsman. Yeah, obviously that's I don't think Andre Russell is the best player in the league from an ability standpoint too. So I, I so I think there's no real I guess the debate is is the league MVP metric flawed. Yes, it is flawed. I, I think I, it I, is. I'm the first one to agree with you there. And Andre Russell is not the best player in the league. Oh, uh, well, well, I guess we'll agree or disagree because if you were starting a franchise, you wouldn't would, start with Andre Russell. He would I don't be, even think Andre Russell would be in a top 10 pick. He would be a top 5 for sure. I don't he, think he so. would be, he would I disagree. Be, he, would be. he would be a top 5 for sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well then, that's a bottom bottom five franchise right there. <laughs> if you're taking Andre Russell as your as a top five pick, I'm sorry. All right, but there's at least ten players better than him to start a franchise with. Okay, name. But five. I digress. Name, right. five, name five. Five players to start a franchise with better than Andre Russell. Sure. Okay, David Warner, Virat Kohli. David Warner's Robert thirty-eight. Sharma, MS Tony, and probably I'd go with Chikar Dhawan. Thirty-eight in IPL at least. What? Warner's thirty-eight. Warner's not 38. He's 32. David Warner is definitely not 38 years old. You can go to Dr. Google right now and look that up. Warner is not 38. Maybe yeah. 33. About to go. About to go. All right. I'll get oh, yeah, it you're while right. you're looking that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. I'll go into my underwhelming 11 now. Andre Russell is not in that, by the way. Ben Stokes is in there. I don't know what he's yeah. getting paid to do, but it's definitely he, not cricket. He's going back to with the Ben Stokes. Stokes. Ben Stokes is in there for me. Uh, Sanju Samson. I mean, he had a century, but what else did he do? And the man barely scored runs for Rajasthan after that. Uh, Sandeep Sharma's in there, basically a repeat of last season. I thought he was going to get uh, tremendously better from from a season that was pretty good last year, but he basically repeated that. Uh, Shane Watson scored a lot of runs, but his strike rate dropped. He didn't score any centuries, and Chennai's openers were a huge problem for them, so he's on the underwhelming 11 for me. Aksar Patel... 110 runs and 10 wickets in 14 games. I mean, that's just unacceptable from an all-rounder who's playing every single game. Uh, that's just that's incredibly underwhelming and really a waste for for Delhi, in my opinion. Same with Colin Ingram, only 184 runs, re- really disappointing. Shimron Hetmeyer, a big signing for RCB, didn't really get any games, and I think like 75 of his 90 runs he scored in the final match. So I mean, yeah. Shimron Hetmeyer again, underwhelming for me. Kane Williamson, he scored 730 runs last year. He only scored 150 this year. Major letdown for, for Kane Williamson for Sunrisers. Sunil Narayan, KKR gave up on him as the opener, and he didn't really make an impact with the ball, so he's on the underwhelming 11 for me. Uh, Mujib Ur-Rahman uh, only played five matches. Uh, just real head-scratcher for me as well there. And then Vijay Shankar uh, only took one wicket, 240 runs, didn't really play a big knock, and was just not really there for Sunrisers in the middle order. So that's my underwhelming 11. Uh, yeah, so 
I would go through my uh, underwhelming 11. Ambati Raidu, 282 runs in 17 games, average of 23.5 and a strike rate 93.06. That's not acceptable in T20 cricket. Robin Uttappa as well. Uh, he wasted balls coming in at number 3, number 4 for KKR. And especially in the last game against Mumbai Indians, he scored 41 of 47, which was the uh, game turning point there. Kane Williamson once again, 156 in 9 games, 22.28 average, 130 strike rate. Vijay Shankar, only one wicket as you mentioned, didn't score many runs with the bat and he's India's number 4 for the World Cup. Kedar Jato, 162 runs in 14 games at an average of 18 and not only that, he has injured himself, so he's not, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> his place is not quite sure for the World Cup if, he's, if he doesn't get fit. Ben Stokes, once again, uh, one thing is sure is definitely going back in the auction. An economy rate of 11.22 and an average of 20.50 with the bat with a strike rate of 99. Not the numbers you expect from an international all-rounder. Kuldi Piado, he had a really, really below par uh, IPL. Four wickets in nine games. He just couldn't pick up wickets. He was dropped towards the later half of the IPL. And uh, a new player, new player, I mean... Uh, the purple cap holder of last year, Andrew, Tri- Andrew Tai, he played only six games, picked up just three wickets and economy rate of 10.59. And you were talking about uh, wickets at the death. Andrew Tai uh, did pick up wickets at the death uh, in the last year and those uh, wickets are called garbage wickets and they just uh, make up the numbers. They don't have any impact on the game. That's why uh, even though he had the purple cap, he didn't have any impact last year. Mujibur Rahman and Umesh Yado are the last two ones. Umesh Yado just leaked runs at the death for fun. Tony smashed him for 24. Even Kane Williamson smashed him in one of the games. So Umesh Yado is there and Mujib as well. I agree with much of your list. I don't really need to justify it because you already put, taught, taught all the stats for them. But Ben Stokes, really underwhelming IPL. Like you said, Shimei One podcast. Maybe the picture of the IPL was when Stokes on the ground after Jadeja hit him for six. Yeah. Andrew Ty, like you said, purple cap last year. A lot of garbage wickets last year, inflating his numbers. Did absolutely nothing this year. Kuldeep Yadav fell off a cliff. Wasn't doing anything for KKR. Sadly, there's a lot of KKR players on here. That actually illustrates my point of all the garbage on Andre Russell. Jadav will not cut. He's on this list year after year, I feel like. I don't know where his reputation for being good comes from. No offense to him, but second year in a row, I think that we put him on this list. Kane Williamson, 600 fewer runs than last year. Really subpar season. I know he was dealing with an injury, but still, can't be doing that. Robin Uttapa, one of the most underwhelming batsmen in this season's IPL. They couldn't find a spot for him. He opened some matches. Oh, his partner might have been on the bench, to be honest. Who? <laughs> Robin Uttapa, he should have been booted to the bench. I don't know what he's doing. He was either out there, like, not middling balls for, like, 30 balls, wasting them, and then getting out. He, he, he gets out in the same way every single time. He walks across and get LB, or he pops... A lollipop to close infielders. I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, the spot for him was on the bench. Pretty sure about Jermon Hetmeyer, as you said, the majority of his runs came in one match. A lot of promise for a young player. It didn't really deliver this year. Sunil Narai, another KKR player. I think they need to keep him in the opening position with Chris Lynn, where he can just blast the ball and throw his wicket away. He doesn't really care. That's probably the best spot for him. A player that none of you listed. I would actually put a Rohit Sharma on this list. Was wow. So as a captain, truly phenomenal. No knock on him there. And that doesn't count for anything, I guess. As a batsman, <laughs> I would put him on this list. He only had 250s. And the expectations are sky high for him. He's the number two batsman in the world. You can't be putting up 300 runs in the IPL. Amazing captain. Led them to a fourth title, like we mentioned. But 
he wasn't really contributing with a bat. They're winning in spite of him, except for two matches when he got 50s. The They're winning five, captain of the winning IPL team just I'm, got put on the all-IPL underwhelming 11. Yes. I purely, don't even know purely how Purely for his batting stats. You can't be having him in this type of form in the World Cup starting in two weeks. I don't even know how to process that, so I'm not going to. Uh, we're just going to go straight. Oh, to... I forgot one. I forgot one. I forgot okay, one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Steve Smith. Gonna... Steve Smith. I put him on this list. Steve Smith. Okay, yeah. interesting. Steve Smith actually uh, turned around Royals, in my opinion. Yeah. He did. He did. He did. To get the captains from a Jinko. He, he was floundering. He was floundering under Rahane's captain. But he was. He was. I think the whole team was. And true, it was true. good for Steve Smith to get that captaincy back and uh, really turn things around for them. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to see them through the whole way. But uh, I think. In uh, my opinion, the Royals are the most boring team in the league. Yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty vanilla, pretty pretty vanilla team. I'll defend Steve Smith a little bit and say that he did turn that team around from basically lifeless to fighting for a spot in the playoffs. So I'll defend Steve Smith on that. Rohit Sharma, I, I think there's no reason for him to be on this list. Winning captain of the winning team, what he did statistically doesn't really matter to me. He he punched all the right buttons roster wise the whole season. But I mean, to each his own. We'll now move into my favorite award. It's not a real award. It's one that we created. It's the Paul Valthadi Award. And basically a background of this is Paul Valthadi was a player in the IPL. And I think in one season, he scored like 430 runs. And he just yeah. absolutely exploded on the scene. And in his career, he finished with like 600 runs over seven seasons. So really, he just had one really big season and then just died down. And so the, the thought behind this award is that we pick a player who has struggled for some time and really exploded and kind of captured that magic in this IPL season, but we don't know if they're going to consistently do this or if this is just an outlier. And I'm not saying that, you know, they will drop off from this. Last year, my Valtadi Award winner was Surya Kumar Yadav. And Surya Kumar Yadav has shown that he's actually a proven run scorer now. So, you know, maybe these guys can defy the Valtati Award curse, so to speak. But Kane Williamson was on there last year, and uh, he kind of dropped off as expected. So Kane Williamson was on there. Um, Surya Kumar Yadav was on there, and those guys kind of went in opposite directions. I'll start with my 2019 Paul Valtati Award winner. It was Shreyas Gopal. He took 20 wickets this season. He had 18 wickets combined in his previous four seasons. So Shreyas Gopal for taking more wickets in this season than he had in his previous four seasons combined. I don't know if he's going to repeat this performance again. He's my Valtati Award winner for IPL 2019. I had the same player because uh, I've seen Shreyas Gopal for the last three, four years. He plays for Karnataka in the Ranji Trophy. He hasn't been, his name hasn't been anywhere and suddenly he comes in the IPL. He was there last year but didn't pick enough wickets this year. As you mentioned, 20 wickets in 40 game, 14 games. Even picked up a hat-trick against RCB. Got a Virat Kohli and ABD two times in the IPL. So that was something which you don't expect from a baller like Shreyas Gopal. Obviously, he can build on this but not quite sure if he will build on this performance in the next coming IPLs. So I actually had Shreyas Gopal as well. But a unanimous Valtati award. No, no, no. But to, I, I, I do, I do nominate him as that. But to keep it more interesting, I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head. Even though he's only 19 years old, and even though he's won a championship, I'm actually going to put Raul Chahar then as my second choice. Interesting. Okay. Because I think I don't, that I don't hate it. He did have a ton of wickets, but I think he only got that shot because 
Mumbai kind of put Markande on a short leash, to be honest. He had a phenomenal year last year, and he's also pretty young. So I don't know whether they go back to Markande next year and just leave Shares Gopar. No, not sorry, not Shares Gopar. Uh, Rahul Chahar. It's, I guess the decision is based on Mumbai's roster churning next year. So one of the two I expect to uh, you know, go back to prominence, but I can't tell if it's going to be uh, Markande or uh, Rahul Jahar. But actually, I guess the future looks bright for them. They have two young leg spinners. Well, there you have it. Shreyas Kopal and Rahul Chahar, the 2019 IPL Paul Valtati Award winners. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, some thoughts on IPL as a whole, some changes that we'd like to see, some things that we liked from this year. You're listening to the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. Welcome back to the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. We're just talking about the IPL, some things we like to see, some things we think should be changed, and some tidbits here and there from the playing strategy to scheduling to maybe league expansion. And uh, just some thoughts to go back and forth here as we recap IPL 2019. Some things that I didn't really like, and we hinted at it earlier in the show. Playing three international players, it's just bad roster construction in my opinion. You have the four internationals there for a reason. You have the best of the best international players uh, playing in the IPL. And you should use them. I don't care what the pitch says. I don't care what the ground says. I don't care what the opposition strategy is in terms of what players to play. You juggle things around and you find a way to play for international players. Too many times in this IPL, we've seen teams play with only three international players and you're basically wasting the money that you spent on the international players that you brought in. I mean, a guy like Shimron Hetmeyer to only get seven or eight games is insane to me. I mean, they went out and spent money for him. You would think he would play in every single game. Mujib Ur-Rahman only getting five games. I mean, that's just unacceptable in my opinion. I think you have to play four international players because they are the best of the best international players. It's not like you're playing an international guy just to play him. You're playing a really damn good player, so you might as well do it. So I think that was one thing that really just frustrated me because the rules are already so limited. And then to try and get cute with it and only play three guys to try and read the wicket, because most of the times it didn't work. Most of the times you would have liked to have that fourth international guy in instead of some rando that you play. I actually disagree with you there completely. And I say that because I don't think it's getting cute. I don't think it's uh, – it's, you're not looking at it from a holistic season-long perspective. You're looking at it from a match-to-match perspective. And if the pitch reads – but let's say uh, you, you're a team that has you know four nationals player playing in, but they're pacers, and you want to play a spinner. Why not play that spinner who's going to be – I'm not saying don't play the spinner. I'm not no, saying don't play the I'm spinner. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying swap, and swap out one of your regular batsmen for an international batsman. Why? Yeah, because if you're betting because on the success, international batsman is probably better. That's not necessarily true. It most yeah. likely is. You're getting no. the best of the best international players. I, I think I think you're getting heated up over that thing that like it rarely no, happens, it, but when it does, it's not the biggest deal because you're looking at your match to match perspective where oh, this match you're playing on a Hyderabad turner, or this match you're playing on a yeah. Mohali flat track. In or, more occasions it, it did it not work. Your 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 roster construction, I'll give you that is your team is created for the whole season but it doesn't matter to have a uh, substitution here and there unless of course you're without Kohli you're changing up your 11 every year every match no one's well, he did that. it multiple times I think Delhi did it multiple times and 
really, I mean, really, it only worked for Mumbai. That was really the only team where you could say it worked, that the three international strategy, because the guy they played instead actually made an impact. I think I think it's less for the of rest a strategy. Teams, it didn't work. I think it's less of a strategy and more of a match reading the pitch. So that you need yeah, yeah. credit to the But Rohit they didn't first. read it properly, is the point. No, Rohit did read it properly. No, 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 Rohit did. I said, I said for Mumbai Indians, it did work. So right? maybe they're like maybe they're trying to like take inspiration. Examples. Maybe they're trying to take inspiration from it. But that's one out of like six examples. Okay, well, uh, basically, uh, the teams played three overseas when they wanted an extra spinner because uh, Mumbai Indians they didn't have an overseas spinner, so they had to bring bring in an uh, Indian spinner. And as you mentioned, they could have swapped an overseas batsman for an Indian batsman. Oh, why but, mess uh, up the batting lineup? Yeah, well, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's my point. In your opinion, they could have swapped him yeah. out for Evan Lewis. Evan Lewis is not a great batsman There's on a no turning track. There's no reason to play in Evan Lewis. <laughs> Ishan Kishan would play better on a turning track than Evan Lewis. So that's the point there. That's why they didn't make that change. And Ishan Kishan played uh, in the first qualifier. So did Jayant Yadav and did, they did perform well. You no, talked it, it about, worked uh, for Mumbai Indians. Look, look, it yeah. worked for Mumbai Indians, right? But on the other five or six occasions, it didn't work. The strategy didn't work. The guy that played instead of the international player it's, didn't do anything. It's it's not a it's not a minimum of four. It's a maximum of four. So <laughs> I understand play, that they can play all eleven there's innings. A, there's a reason it's a maximum if, of four. If though, the right? four if the four international players they bought all are duds, what is the team going to do? Play four nationals no matter what. Like it doesn't matter if you play eleven Indians you or have, seven. You Indians. don't have only four international players on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have like seven or eight. Right, but right, right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The re- there's a reason it's a maximum of four. Because if that quota wasn't there, you would have more international players playing games. Yeah. So there's a reason the the four is there. They're thinking of expanding it to five, it. by the way, next year. There's a there's a might you might as well use it because you're you're playing the best of the best. You might and as well it, use it as long as it's conducive to your roster construction for that yeah. specific match. I mean, usually it is, right? I mean, RCB yeah. went out and bought Shimmer and Hetmeyer and then didn't play him. They but, also I mean, Dale Steen. Like who? Like wh- why would you do that though? Uh, maybe Colin they, maybe they didn't like how, maybe they didn't like how he gelled with the rest of the lineup. Look, maybe Colin Ingram was but, underwhelming, but at least Delhi played him in a bunch of matches. Yeah, but at that at point, I would rather him. not play him because he was doing he's doing piss poor. I mean, he had some good games, but yeah, I agree with your general point. But I just think that it was a strategy that didn't really work, and we'll, teams will go away from it. They they went to it to try and get cute with reading the pitch and playing too much strategy into it. I just think it was. It was unnecessary. It worked once for Mumbai. It didn't work for like the six other teams that tried it. So, all right. What else do you have? With observation? The, what other gripe or success do you have with IPL? I got one. Um, they need to get better umpiring or better uh, third umpire yeah. decision. So, it's first of all, deep. first of all, this is not an umpire thing. It's a bail thing. The bails are heavy. They don't fall. <laughs> so, there, 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 there were like six or seven instances where the player got bold, but the bail didn't fall off. Or, yeah, or six or seven in like the same week. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or not even back to back. The bail jumped up and it landed back in the groove. Either the groove is too deep or the bail is too heavy. I don't know what it is, but you can't have and, that. You can't have that. Just just to have it light up doesn't make sense. And it's not like a spinner was bowling. I, uh, I remember Jofra Archer bowled a full toss, which hit the stumps. The bail came up and went down once again. Jofra Archer bowls quick. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that they do need to look at. I, I do think that was crazy, and it, and it was crazy that it happened, you know, back to back to back. I also think that the umpires need to control the game better. Yeah. I think they need to enforce the game a little bit more. I mean, MS Dhoni got fined half his match fee for stomping onto the ground and interrupting. Just set out a match. For, really, 
for really no reason. I mean, he really he really didn't need to go out there. Yeah. Ravi Ashwin walked around the boundary to have an argument with the umpires. And and Ravi Ashwin did some other things that we don't really need to get into right now. The umpires need to have more control of the game. I, I do think that's the case. I also do think that the DRS needs to be looked at a little bit. I don't think it should be implemented in every single situation, but I do think like if a batsman's given out on an LB, I think it should automatically trigger DRS because there have been so many wrong outs given this season that didn't go to review because the batsman didn't want to use their review. I think if if it's given out, you have to go to the DRS just to confirm the umpire's decision. If it's given not out, it doesn't really matter. Right? You're not going to reverse Wait, not what? out. Why? Out. No, that's false. No, no, no but you're that's not going to advantage to the batsman. But you're not going to reverse not out to out on a third umpire decision if the team doesn't go for the review. Right? Uh, I, I don't. Then I don't think it's necessary at all because then you're just giving another advantage to the bat- batting team. Because yeah. usually the not outs are pretty straightforward. That's not true. If it's clipping the stumps half the ball, that's umpire's decision. Right. I, I like the fact that they implemented that you don't, call. That you don't lose been, your review. If been, that's the case. I'm a fan wickets, of that. There have been wickets missing multiple times that have been given out, and the umpire or the batsman walked because they didn't want to use the review. Well, so I there's think been, to be there's been cases like in the final where yeah, I also the used the review out. and didn't have a review left when it was necessary. In that yeah, area. I also think every runout should be looked at regardless. I don't think you need. I don't think the umpires can in that split second determine whether a batsman had made his ground or not. I think every run out should be go- going to the third umpire. I'm pretty sure, like nine percent. I'm, I'm at like every a, level of cricket. I'm fairly sure nine ninety nine percent of runouts are looked at. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair, but I do think that every single one. I think it should be a hundred percent. All right. Another thing Dang. that I actually did like. We've talked about expansion a lot in the IPL. We've talked about getting more teams involved, and I think. Gujarat and Pune have a legitimate gripe as to why they don't have an IPL franchise. Some of that has to do with lack of owners willing to step up to make that investment. But I actually like the format this year. I like the eight teams. It was a close race until the end. And so I don't really know if IPL expansion is necessary. I mean, it was a tight finish across the board. Teams were not only fighting for that playoff spot, but there was a battle to see who would get in qualifier one at the end as well. So I don't think that drama would quite be there if you add more teams. Even though I'm all for more teams, I actually think expansion would take away from some of the drama that we got this year. And the teams were already quite competitive as it is. So I don't know if watering down the field any further makes sense. So I would actually be against expansion based on what we saw in this tournament and a little bit of what we saw last tournament too. Last tournament was really close. So I think expansion needs to be put on hold potentially. I, uh, I agree with you because increasing the number of teams will increase the number of matches. And then uh, the question is whether you will have the best uh, overseas players available for the whole tournament. If the duration increases, they might as leave, uh, might as well leave early. So uh, it, the IPL had 10 teams earlier and it didn't work. So maybe eight teams is the best because as you said, the competition gets intense and uh, we don't know till the end as to who is going to make the playoffs. I also think scheduling they need to fix. I do think they need to fix the scheduling. We had two Saturdays where there was only one match yeah. played. Yeah. So that's two slots that you could use to play games. And Rajasthan Royals and RCB had a rainout that could have yeah. potentially impacted both <laughs> playoff spots had they gotten that extra point. The match should be called off and played again in full the next day. 
give fans a refund, rearrange the logistics. But that point is too important to not play the match. And eventually you get five over, five over nonsense. And that match was ridiculous because they played the five overs. And then they played like three and a half overs before eventually calling off the match again. So eventually they called off the match even after trying to shorten it. So I think the IPL needs to build in buffer days to account for rainouts. And they had two slots which were unused because of some weird scheduling this season that they could have, in theory, left the last day of the competition open for any rainout makeup games if they have these two slots open or move the schedule back a little bit. Because as we were talking during the break, Shubham, they do have that kind of, they do have those backup plans for the playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. But they don't have it for the regular season. I think I get the TV right thing. I get you want one match every single day and you want one match going on at one time and you don't want to split the viewers. I understand that. But I mean, ask Rajasthan Royals and ask RCB and they would want to fight for that extra point instead of worrying about the potential loss revenue of, of one match. In my opinion, I think the, the IPL needs to figure out how to plan in some buffer days for weather to get all the points allotted throughout the season. The over rates, the game is taking too long to finish because it starts at 8 and uh, ends close to 12. You can't have four hours uh, a T20 game. It's uh, it's It should get over in three, three and a half hours, but the captains are taking a lot of time in setting their fields. They're uh, making strategies which are not necessary and the game is going too long. Because of that, the playoffs had to start at 7.30. Even though uh, the final started at 7.30, it ended close to 11.30, so almost four hours. There should be some strict uh, fines for the players because those 12 lakh fines which the captains get are nothing much. They just pay it pretty easily. So the over rates, I think they the last week and for the, the playoffs, they just put, started putting matches at uh, 7 p.m. instead of 7.30, which I think is solid um, because they're not going over into the next day and having that. And I also think that the over rates, like the fine doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really detriment. Yeah, yeah. Captains. Because what is it? Like pennies to them. What does it matter? Do you have any other observations? Over rates, scheduling, roster construction. Uh, so, so, so I heard I heard I heard that they're looking to do five internationals, Max. Talk about it. So I think that's a good idea. Um and I say that because you'll see more stars come in, uh, more people bought at the auctions. On the flip side of that you'll see less up-and-coming players getting a shot, you know? Um, so this year, we saw a lot of people who we'd never even heard of before. Rahul Chahar. Uh, Riyan Yeah, Pratwee Shah was an IPL find a couple of years ago. He was like 16 or 17. Riyan Parag was in. Riyan Parag, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was the, he was the youngest person to get a half century. Yeah. There you have it. Overrates, scheduling, roster construction, number of international players, potential league expansion or not league expansion. We want to keep the league at eight play at eight teams. Uh, there was a lot of drama and, and we feel that that would be the best case scenario. The bails and the umpires, those are other things that need to be looked at. DRS also will need to be given a closer look. That's all changes and things that we want to see done for the IPL going forward, but that's going to wrap up this IPL review podcast, Mumbai Indians, uh, the historic fourth win over the Chennai super Kings. Uh, that's going to do it for IPL 2019. Uh, for Ashay Chavan and Cricket Adas Shubham Kukarni, Chinmay Vaidhi here signing off. Go ahead and check out all of our content 
on Facebook, Twitter, and followoncricket.com.